This is an AI Group podcast. Hello there. Uh, my name's Tim Piper, and I'm the Victorian head of the Australian Industry Group. And I'm delighted today to have Chris Webb with me, who's the lead for rolling out the new legislation that the EPA will be involved with uh, come middle of next year. And our idea in this series of podcasts is to let you know more about the legislation and let you know just how it will impact on you. So welcome, Chris. Good to have you here today. Uh, thanks, Tim. Good to talk to you and, and good to be able to reach out to your members. I know small businesses, Chris, um, they might have had next to nothing to do with the EPA. They'll be worried about putting their head above the parapet. Uh, they'll be worried about seeking help from the EPA and putting themselves on the radar. So you know, that's, uh, that's just, I guess, par for the course and understandable. How do you um, make them feel comfortable at coming and make, and getting that assistance from the EPA? Well, I think the first thing I'd suggest, and I, I totally agree with your point, I mean, it can be rather daunting. I do remember being uh, in, in relatively small businesses myself. Um, you know, the website's a great first port of entry, uh, and, and the material we've got is increasing in there. Um, there's plenty of other guidance out there. Um, I think the next piece, we've got a call centre that uh, is a great first line of contact who can make those inquiries uh, on your behalf. Obviously, Australian Industry Group's a, a great channel to come into us for, um, often approaches us help helping clarify members' uh, questions so that we can provide the answers back. So it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be an encounter directly with an EPA officer, um, but my expectation would be that if an EPA officer was there, that you would get that professional service. And, and Can I get somebody from the EPA to come out and give me a hand, or is that simply too much to ask? Oh, look, I think um, look, we certainly would love to be able to service that demand. We, we currently take about 20-odd thousand calls a year. Uh, we get to about... 1,000, 1,500 of those uh, you know, in, in response. So I suspect that the, the, the demand would outstrip the supply. Um, so we're always looking for you know, means like this, like podcasts, to try and get the information out to those channels. But certainly um, it doesn't hurt to, to call up and, and at least ask the question. How many of those 20,000 are say, dobbing somebody in littering? Uh, well, actually, <laughs> I think that might be, a, might be the litter stats not, might not be included in that. We get quite a lot of litter reports, um, which we're very happy about. I'm, personal, I'm a litter reporter personally, and there's nothing more frustrating. And having grown up in the country, seeing people flick lit cigarette butts out windows just makes me, you know, makes, makes me shiver what, seeing what they can do to the countryside in the, in the middle of summer. So. And what happens, most of us know that you can dob somebody in for littering, but what happens beyond that? Well, we take, we take those reports, you then have to check it against the evidentiary basis. It's one of the few um, programs where you can act on a public report, but it still has to pass the evidence. So we check the vehicle make, uh, make and model, the colour, the number plate, uh, I think it's location, and so if it, if it doesn't have all of that, because we then match it with, with Vic Roads, um, then there's no, the evidence is not good enough and we'd reject that report. But if it comes in with all of those and the person's actually ticked the box that says they're willing to stand up in court, then we, we will accept that as a public report and we'll act on it. How many people are charged each year? 10,000, 15,000, I think, from memory. It might have been more than that. Wow, that's, um, that's yeah. a lot. Oh, mm. People take it very seriously. Again, you know, this is part of what the new legislation's about. <clears throat> We're going away from, you know, the problem in 1970 was 1,000 big businesses doing large amounts of harm each to um, you know, shifting the focus to 
uh, a huge number of people who all do a little bit each, but that still adds up to the same amount. And so litter, litter is one of those things that everyone thinks that, uh, you know, my one little bit out the window is not going to hurt. But if, if, if 500,000 people do that one little bit, that's all going to end up somewhere. Uh, and we want it to end up in the right place rather than blowing around the streets or, you know, in the bellies of fish and, and, and seabirds uh, around the bay. So it's, it's important. I know sometimes um, uh, I, I was once sort of said, isn't it un-Australian to dob people in? And I said, well, it's, I think it's actually un-Australian to throw your stuff out the car window and flick cigarette butts <laughs> around so we can kind of work out which is the least Australian thing to do. <laughs> Chris, talking about the legislation, the, the change is, as I understand it, uh, that everybody that, who generates, who transports, who stores or receives waste um, will all be impacted now as they were to a certain extent before. Um, can you just take me along that supply chain and, and explain what the changes you think will be made and how companies will have to react? Yeah, so this is, I think it's one of the really important changes. Um, as you say, I mean, previously, Theoretically, the, the, the generator of the waste, the transporter and the receiver were all responsible, but largely the way the law was framed, most of it sat with the receiver, whether whether you're a landfill or whether you're you know, someone who's got a, a paddock that you've decided you want to take all the, the, the regional concrete rubble into, you're generally going to be the one who's, who's holding the bag. Uh, the new legislation actually makes it very clear that the person who generates the waste, they've got an obligation to make sure it's going to somewhere that's got the lawful authority to take it. Um, that the transporter is one, allowed to carry that waste, and two, that they take it to somewhere that's allowed to receive it, and the receiver needs to make sure that they've got the authority um, to take that waste. Now, there's, the whole thing's capped by reasonable steps. So if you're the generator, um, what's reasonable is that you um, take steps to find out if that place has got the lawful authority. So that information should be available uh, through our website or through our waste tracker app that's under development. Um, it should be really clear. You, you'll go in and say, well, this is my kind of waste, and it'll give you a list of places where you're allowed to take it. And then that's largely going to, that'll, um, that'll fulfil your obligation. Similarly, the transporter, if they need to have the right permission, then they need to have that permission, uh, and they need to do those checks as well. So um, we're also, there'll be technology implemented that allows this to be done fairly simply for the more, um, what's going to be called our priority waste streams. Uh, but in the general sense of, of you know, everyday waste, uh, everyday industrial waste, that, that, that transparency is a really important thing because people need, to, you need to make it easy for people to comply once again. So simply um, being able to use reputable suppliers, um, ask, asking to see the, the right bit of paperwork or the right permit, um, that'll, that's really all you'll need to do.